The following program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You are as well. Reaching out this morning for the next hour, just a little less, 416-870-6400. You have some uh, health concerns, maybe uh, something that's been bothering you, something musculoskeletal in nature, something especially Dr. Lou deals with. Bring it on. If not, call anyway, 416-870-6400. Everybody's starting to get that uh, that thought in their head of getting out there, getting more active and thinking, man, I used to do this years ago. Let's just jump right into it. Well, that's good, but there's uh, precautions to be made for sure. But either way, give us a call, 416-870-6400 to uh, reach out here on the phone line over the next hour. You'll want to reach Dr. Lou anytime. Info at pinpointhealth.ca. The clinics are open. They're helping people. They're uh, robust, so make sure you go to pinpointhealth.ca if you want to find a location. Near you and always growing as well. And uh, remind you as well, anytime, uh, wherever you get your favorite podcast, the Lou Down. The Lou Down is the way you want to go. Lots of stuff to be uh, be learned there in the long-form podcast. So, good morning, pal. How are you? What's, uh, where, are we, uh, where are we launching from today? Good morning, John. Well, uh, first off, my voice is a little shot from a lot of talking this week. So, uh, you know, pardon that to, to the listenership, but I'll, I'll get through it. Um, I mean, a good launching pad. Uh, for today is is where you sort of started the show with um, talking about the beautiful weather that we're finally having and being uh, people wanting to get out um, and do some of the activities that they've uh, previously done. And for the last few weeks, I, I'll, I'll continue sort of my public service announcement around that. But if you are going to do those things, which I absolutely encourage, you've got to make sure that you're doing them in a way where um, you're listening to your body. And if there's an you know, a little bit of a, an inkling that an injury or some ache or pain is rearing its head. Um, I don't think it's something that should be absolutely ignored. In fact, it's it's those little things that people will often, um, you know, notice after the first few times of getting out there saying, well, that feels funny. I've never sort of felt that before. Um, you know, I'll just keep pushing through it. Those are the times where that may be uh, a mistake where you push through it a little too much. Uh, to the point of a more severe injury. And that's a lot of what will sideline people from from their activities they want to be doing is, is sustaining some type of injury um, that gets to the point where it, it's so bad that you can't go on anymore. And that and the, and it's really important um, that you listen to your body. And, that, and that's the biggest piece of advice that I consistently give to people, whether it's in terms of prevention or even treatment of their injuries, is listen to your body. I often will get asked the question, um, you know, what is it that I should do? What is it that I shouldn't do? And all those things. And of course, there's specialized advice around specialized uh, things uh, in different injuries. But in general, one of the things that I really like to say is listen to your body. If your body is, is telling you something in the form of a pain or an ache, that's not something that should be ignored. Um, that should be that should be taken into consideration. And, and in all honesty, John, when you do this in the in the acute scenario or when things are fresh, sometimes it's just a simple modification, and that that simple modification will be enough to um, mitigate that pain and 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 mitigate whatever potential injury may be about to happen. Um, and so that's a very important thing that it, you just don't want to ignore it. And ignoring it 
is potentially the worst thing you can do because, again, it's what can absolutely sideline you if you sustain a bad enough injury. Now, that's not to suggest that every single ache or pain that someone feels will develop into some massive injury. That's by no means what I'm suggesting. But pain is the symptom of dysfunction. And, and it tells us that there's something going on that is not ideally right. And especially if you're starting a new activity or an activity that you haven't done um, in a period of time, when you're feeling an ache or a pain, that is your body giving you a message of an underlying dysfunction. And that dysfunction is what needs to be targeted because if you can target that, then you can mitigate the symptom, which is just something that's telling you, hey, there's something that might be going wrong here. You, you can step in, you can intervene with modifications, and a lot of the times, very, very simple things. These aren't um, overly complicated things. It's not a robust treatment plan of a ton of different stuff. It's often very, very simple. It could be as simple as uh, changing a movement pattern or modifying it slightly or whatever it may be. It really does uh, depend on what the functional movement is that we're talking about, um, but that all starts with just getting that advice. So, I mean, there's probably people listening right now that are experiencing something like this. I encourage you, call in, uh, talk to me right now. It, something simple that I say over over the radio might be enough to help you uh, in mitigating that. It, does, it doesn't have to be more complicated than that. And, that. and that's the beauty about this is that a lot of it just starts with uh, speaking to someone who understands these things. Again, 416-870-6400 to call the station now to call Dr. Lou now on air and ask your, uh, your questions. doesn't matter how simple or benign you think it is. You know, have a chat. Get some, uh, get some quick advice. 416-870-6400. You know, it's interesting, too, being, being uh, very aware of your own body and aches and pains because there is a certain threshold, I think, between, uh, between um, hurt and, and harm. I mean, it's, it's one thing to push yourself and you'll get a few aches and pains because you're getting back into the swing of things for the new season. But then there's a point where it's like, oh, I'm just going to ignore that. I've had that before. Let's, let's plow on. And that might not be such a good idea. So you gotta you got to have a fairly uh, tuned-in barometer to your own body, right? Yeah, and, and that's a great point. And, John, what you're bringing up there is the idea of, of you getting back into something or doing something new, and your body um, is, is adapting to it and becoming stronger. And that may hurt, but it's not necessarily harmful, as you've alluded to, um, whereas some things that don't necessarily – uh, hurt so much may very be may actually be quite harmful and and that's very very true and 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 you're right people experience in sport and physical activity will often know the difference right like they'll know okay this feels like a delayed onset muscle soreness this is probably because i haven't been out biking in a long time my quads are sore my hamstrings are sore and that's sort of that normal breakdown process that you would expect and then it would get better um, and so you've got to be tuned into that. As a general rule in terms of distinguishing those things, when you're talking about that delayed onset muscle soreness, really it shouldn't last for more than 24 to 48 hours. And that's really, really important. And by the, about the 48-hour mark, it should be pretty well completely resolved. Um, the other thing is, you know, there shouldn't be any visible signs of bruising uh, uh, as well with that or swelling that should just be micro trauma at, at a fiber level that's just breaking and, and regrowing. Um, and those are important things. It's also a very diffuse pain um, that, that you'll feel and you'll know that, John, based on your experience, it's more diffuse and generalized. We're not talking about a very specific point. 
Um, it's often in muscle bellies versus uh, the joints per se. And so being able to, yes, as you've suggested, be being tuned into your body. And, and that's my message and listening to your body and trying to understand it, trying to learn is so important towards overall uh, fitness and then the prevention of injury so that you can continue in fitness. And, and it's a, and it's a quite an important aspect to, to learn that. And people who often do these things and have been active over years and done a lot of different activities, yes, they, they're in tune with that. And, and, but as a general rule, if you're not one of those people and you're doing something that's new, you know, if it hurts in the muscles, like in the muscle bellies, it's only for a period of 24 hours, uh, there's no other uh, signs or symptoms along with it, such as um, swelling or, or visible bruising, anything like that, yeah, you're probably dealing with a delayed onset muscle soreness. And one of the messages that I often say is get things taken care of in an acute scenario. I mean, if you're dealing with something and it's been a day, I don't think you have to jump to anything right away. When I say the acute scenarios, anytime something lingers around for more than two or three days, that's really when you've got to start thinking, okay, what, what am I dealing with? Is it something more and, and an underlying injury that may potentially happen if I don't take care of this? And that's when you really want to likely intervene from a professional standpoint. 416-870-6400 is the way you want to call through. Inviting your calls. You got something to say, concerns, bring it on, and we'll get to, uh, to Anthony. You're up first. Hey, Anthony, good morning. How are you? Uh, good morning, gentlemen. I- I'm pretty good. So I'm 59 years old, very athletic, uh, very active. Last about uh, uh, 2020, March of 2020, I had a massive snowboarding crash trying to avoid somebody. had a partial separation of my left shoulder. Um, very painful. Couldn't sleep for, for months. Okay? It finally got to the point where, like, you know, with some therapy and stuff, it got better. Lateral movement is still a little shaky up, but I'm raising from, you know, from the side. Lo and behold, this year as I was snowboarding again, I had another crash, kind of re-injured that, that left shoulder, but really did a number on my right shoulder. And, you know, I went, I went, I've done some therapy, and my biggest criticism of what I've had from a physiotherapist and a chiropractor is the standard approach. With a chiropractor, you know, it's lie down at the table, get that big, I call it the big human standard vibrator to loosen you up, you know, snap your neck, just do that, then you're out, come back the next day. And then with physio, what I found was, you know, a little bit of massage, a little bit of pulling on my arm, and then it was uh, with the uh, with the heat pad and, and ice, and then um, ultrasound. And, and I, I just found after about six treatments and, and the exercises, no, no progress. Now, so, and, and uh, thank you for the call. Were you given exercises that you should be doing at home? Yeah, so they're all band exercises. Uh, I got a sheet that I that I try and do, and I still. I mean, I, I, was, I was at a point where I was doing, you know, 50, 60 push-ups, no problem, and I've now been able to work up to 15. That, that's it. I was doing 10 pull-ups, you know, 12 yeah. pull-ups, no problem. I can, I can barely do two now. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the reality is here, it's, it's hard for me to give you specifics when I, you know, haven't assessed you myself. But in general, you're telling me of two pretty traumatic events, and we're talking about six treatments over how long of a period of time would you say you did that? Uh, uh, the treatments uh, were yeah. about three months, three months in total. Yeah, so, by, so I, and, and I don't know if that's, you know, something that was a miscommunication on the therapist's part or your part, but when you have a significant injury like that, you know, six treatments should have probably been rendered in the first three weeks. So this type of stuff works very much on adult response where, yeah, the passive stuff, all the stuff that you mentioned you had done by the Cairo and physical are all likely very good, but what should happen in a treatment plan like this 
And in general, I would say for something as traumatic as that, we're probably looking at months of treatment. So we're probably looking at dozens of treatments. And what would happen is in the beginning, they would be much more passive in nature, like the things that you described, where there's more stuff being done to you. And over time, what happens is that that actually increases. And what increases is the amount of active stuff that you have to do, the exercises, the progression of those exercises, the strengthening so that you can rebuild. That has to happen. The other thing that is, is further compound sort of what you're saying is when you have significant enough trauma that, like you did, sometimes the question needs to be asked, is conservative therapy going to be the, the only thing required? Um, or is there more? Is it potentially surgical? And, and hang on the line. I think we got to take a break, and, and, and we'll keep talking about this. We will, Anthony. Uh, you're, you're disconnected there. If you want to give us a call back, you can. And uh, we'll get to you as well, Mark. Stand by 416-870-6400. Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. 1122, welcome back to it. Uh, I'm going to get to Anthony. Sorry, pal. You must have gone through a bridge or something. We lost yeah, uh, we lost contact. Yeah, I think I did. Sorry about that. <laughs> no worries. So, yeah, so I, heard, I heard Dr. McNally said, like, uh, I get it. Um, the, only thing, the only thing I want to ask about it, what he thinks, like, during the day, I'm fine, no problems, great mobility. Whenever I go on my, you know, 5, 6K runs, about 2K, and I start getting a bit of the shoulder pain on my right. The worst thing is, at night, when I sleep, I'm fine. When I wake up in the morning, I basically have to use my left arm to pick up my right arm, okay, and just kind of bring it over. And then as soon as I kind of loosen it up, it's fine. Why is it locking up like that at night? It's so weird. Yeah, and, and a lot, that, that often happens in shoulder injuries uh, where nighttime, where you're laying down, it really almost doesn't matter which way you lay. Um, you change a lot of the, uh, the angulation of the scapula on the rib cage, and that affects the glenohumeral joint, which is the proper shoulder joint. So that stuff is very, very common in shoulder injuries. To me, overall, what I'm hearing is there seems to be, in your case, a bit of mismanagement, like from what I can tell, obviously I, I haven't assessed you, but I, I think there should have been more robust treatment in the beginning. At this point, this far out and, and two injuries later, you probably need more advanced imaging just to see if there's something else there. Because yeah. the, the reality is this, at, at a certain point, conservative care is, not, is the best first line of defense, but it may not always work. And that's the other reality. People sometimes in any good therapist will tell you that. And, and so, you know, I don't know. And again, I'm not going to comment on wherever you went or, or whether it's yeah, you, right, some kind right. of combination of those two things. I don't know what transpired, but I'm very much an advocate. Like where I tell people, here's what they also expected of you. And if you're not going to sort of commit, then, then you've got to also mitigate your expectations. But at a certain point, if you have committed to doing that and you're not getting better, the idea of continual reassessment on any healthcare professional's part is incredibly important because, at a certain point, you may be dealing with an injury that is only going to get so much better with, with conservative care, and maybe there is um, uh, warrants for other investigation and other treatment potentials, right? Like, one of the things that classically will happen is, like, labral tears, right? You can do a lot of rehab on a labral tear, but oftentimes what it really needs is, is surgery. Um, right, so right, these, right. these are things that need to be investigated when things haven't gotten better. And, and that process has to be um, continual. So um, that, that would be from where I'm standing and as far as I am from what's gone on with you, that's what I can tell is that I think there's a bit of mismanagement. And at this point, it sounds like probably further imaging um, is warranted just to, just to see what's going on, or at the very least, a really good physical exam by someone who knows what they're doing. Well, you know what? Thanks for taking my call, and I appreciate your uh, your um, advice.
advice and response. I will definitely be calling your office. Have an amazing sure. day, gentlemen. Thank you. You too. Thanks, Anthony. Appreciate your time. One eight five 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 Doctor Lou D R L O U one eight five 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 Doctor Lou. Info at pinpointhealth.ca to reach out, Anthony, and you as well. Got lots of time. Bring the calls on. That's how we we answer them. Four one six eight seven zero. 6400 we had a, a second call standing by which i guess we lost but it was uh, i didn't read all the comments it was something about frozen shoulder can you break that down I, yep. literally but i mean what is what is that yeah so frozen shoulder is a um a pathology that happens obviously in the shoulder um in the glenohumeral joint where there's a capsule that surrounds that joint um the the medical term for it is adhesive capsulitis so that that sort of if you break down that word Capsulitis means inflammation of the capsule, and adhesive means there starts to become adhesion. So frozen shoulder classically is pain followed by loss of range of motion of the shoulder. The thing with this, so there's, we don't know for sure why it happens. We know it sometimes ha- happens after traumas. We know it's more associated with diabetes. It seems to be more common in women. Um, so there's some things there that have an association, but there's no clear cut here at all. It always happens following this. Um, the reality is it's a very long process because um, it goes through three big stages. Uh, the first one being the, the pain stage, the second one being the, the loss of range of motion, and then finally what we call the thawing out stage where it starts to, to get a little bit better. So it, it does have a natural history where it will recover. That could be in the range of 18 to 24 months, um, and, and maybe it doesn't fully recover in that time either. Uh, there, is, there are therapeutic interventions that could be done all the way from conservative measures like the, the therapy to more uh, slightly invasive measures like injections to more serious and more invasive measures like surgery. And, and, and where you would fall in that will very much depend on what the history of it is. Um, obviously, my recommendation consistently is try the most conservative approaches first uh, before you ever move to invasive ones. If the diagnosis is suitable to that. There are some things, frozen shoulder is not one of them, but there are certain things where conservative therapy isn't going to work. But if, if conservative therapy is a viable option, it's in my opinion, what should always be tried first. So uh, frozen shoulder can be a bit of a, of a pain for sure. Um, uh, and it can be quite difficult to treat. Um, you know, people have to be realistic with, you know, this is again, where and this goes back to sort of the call with Anthony and, and didn't sound like Anthony had frozen shoulder, but this is where communication between healthcare professional and patient is so very important because when you have something as, um, uh, as serious as frozen shoulder that can take such a long time, you've got to make sure that you're giving the patient that information so that they know their expectations. Like this is one of those things where a few treatments is going to be nothing. It's going to be a drop of water in an ocean. Um, it's, it's very long Term consistent uh, therapy rehab management that really makes the difference in this. And this is and, and it's not just frozen shoulder. This is why the communication of what's called the report of findings by a professional to a patient is so incredibly important because you've got to give people the realistic expectations. It's not enough to say, okay, you're here, you're great, let's get started. You've got to tell them, here's what you can expect, likely this amount of treatment. Here's what we're going to do in the treatment. Here's how you're going to feel because you're going to have ups and downs and so on and so forth. And these are all, again, very important things that it's up to the professional to make sure that they're going through with this. And I unfortunately see this all too often where there's a lack of this communication and then there's a frustration on the patient part. And 
a lot of times patients will just dis- dismiss their own care, right? They're, they haven't been communicated the right stuff or, or, or the ideal advice, and they get to three, four, five treatments down the line, and they say, well, this isn't working, I'm going to stop. Not knowing that really the therapist knows, hey, four or five treatments isn't enough. You probably need 15 or 20, whatever the number is. But if you don't communicate that, of course, a patient's going to become fed up. Um, and, and a lot of times, as much as we'd like to believe, like I always say, and I always tell my patients, tell me exactly what you're feeling and tell the people in my team, if you're not feeling better, be honest. The reality is people are more nice than they are mean. And, and oftentimes they don't, they end up liking these, these therapists or these healthcare professionals on a human level. And they don't want to tell them the honest reality of how they feel because they um, maybe presume that, okay, I'm going to hurt their feelings. But it's not about that. It's really critically important that if you're seeing a healthcare professional, you're brutally honest about what your outcomes are to that point, because that's what's going to make them know whether they're on the right track, the wrong track, whether they need to reassess, do different things. That, that's important. It's so critically important, to be honest. And I tell all my patients, and, and we try to advocate this for this at Pinpoint Health, you, patients need to be brutally honest with us. We need to know the truth. It's, it's, not, it's not an emotional game. It's a logical game. And when we can play the right logical game and understand how you're actually recovering or lack thereof, then we can make the adjustments that are required or the necessary referral. Because at the end of the day, the, the outcome we're looking for is to get you better and to help manage whatever it is you're dealing with. 416-870-6400. In that regard, you want to call through for the remainder of the show and talk to uh, Dr. Lou, ask your questions. So if someone's – because you've said so many times before, the uh, the, uh, the shoulder's kind of a unique joint in the body that it's only got the one hinge point. It's all muscles and tendons holding it together. It's just kind of hanging off your torso, really. How would yeah. someone uh, without, of course, making the phone call and getting a correct lengthy diagnosis from you, if someone's just listening now thinking, oh – you know what? What he sounds familiar. Is, is there a way to think possibly down the road that you might have uh, frozen shoulder? Is there is there specific symptoms that are key to uh, to that particular uh, case? Well, the most hallmark one. I mean, the yeah. the first phase of it is pain, right? And that, and unfortunately, pain is just a symptom that's common in all injuries and all different types of musculoskeletal diagnoses. So it's not a good indicator. Where the hallmark indicator for frozen shoulder is, is when there's loss of range of motion, right? So if all of a sudden you're not able to abduct, which means bring your arm uh, up and then externally rotate, which means roll your arm outwards, then that might be uh, a hallmark finding of, of, of that. And so um, something to be considered for sure. Um, timelines matter, history matters. Uh, here's the reality about all musculoskeletal pain. So here's, here's the fundamental problem, John, that I always bring up is, People know that they have back pain or shoulder pain or elbow pain, whatever it is, body part, uh, fill in the blank with the body part, followed by pain. The reality is that not all of those things are the same. Every area has dozens and dozens of different things that it could be. And this is one of the fundamental problems of people assuming that they know what they're talking about, where, you know, the classic thing of, oh, my, my sister had shoulder pain and this is what she did and it worked. And, and, and she was all better. And then I did it and it didn't. Or I went to go see this person who helped my cousin with his back pain, but it didn't help mine. That, that has nothing to do with the intervention or the person as much as it probably has to do with a different diagnosis. And the problem is, is all we know is what we feel. And it's fill in body part followed by the word pain, right? And, and that's not the diagnosis. That's just a symptom of, of probably dozens and dozens 
of different diagnoses in all of those different areas. So we're talking hundreds of different things that can create pain across the body. It's a simple way to reach out, by the way, to uh, Dr. Lou. It's always advised that you do just to have a chat, right? It's one uh, 855 doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U, info at pinpointhealth.ca. But here now to uh, call through, ask your questions. Lines are open. It's a call-in show. It's all for you, 416-870-6400. Dave, I see you there. Stand by. We'll get to you on the other side of this little break on the Pinpoint Health Show right here on Global News Radio. It is 1136, and back out of we go, 416-870-6400. Your uh, pain concerns, health concerns, bring them on. Dr. Lou's doing the show every Saturday for that reason exactly. Dave, as mentioned, thanks for hanging through the break. How are you this morning? Yeah, good, thanks. How are you? Beauty. What's uh, what's on your mind? So I just wanted to say to Dr. Lou, first of all, uh, I totally agree with his approach, the physio. Um, I really like what he's saying, both from a physio standpoint and from having to work uh, on your own at home, and uh, the combination of them uh, can work well. But you, like he said, you have to keep at it. I severed my quad tendon uh, three years ago, um, bad injury. I had surgery at the end of June. I, I worked actually often on eight hours a day while I had my uh, brace on. I took physio starting in August, and I finished up the following March. Um, three visiting a physiotherapist three times a week and doing exercises at home religiously. And I tracked it on a, um, on an Excel spreadsheet. And I found out that I, I was getting about three and a half to four degree bend increase in bend of my knee range of motion per week. You know, so as you say, doctor, it's a long haul. And, uh, I got to 132 degrees after, uh, eight months and, uh, can do virtually about everything I, I need, I used to be able to do, but, you're right on your approach. Couldn't agree with you more. Thank you, Dave. And first, let me um, let me say, just on behalf of whatever therapist, whoever the therapist is that worked with you, I could tell you, being uh, running a team of professionals, we uh, love and appreciate patients like you who listen. You know, one of the one of the things here is that people believe that someone else is supposed to solve their issues, especially when it comes to musculoskeletal pain or any health problem, really. And, and, and I think the sooner that there can be a paradigm shift in, in, in the understanding that really all of the healthcare professionals, physicians, chiropractors, uh, massage therapists, physiotherapists, naturopathic doctors, whoever it is, fill in the blank. Once there is a paradigm shift for people to realize that these are just people who are there who are teachers, who have an expert level of knowledge, who can relay the specific knowledge that's going to matter to you based on what your health is and what's going on with you, but you've got to be the one that implements it. And, and what you said there and what you did in, in, in going as far as creating an Excel spreadsheet, this is, this is the example of someone who, who cares. Uh, and, and you might be more of an expert on these stuff than a lot of therapists out there just because of how much you had to focus in on it. And that is the reality that people need to understand that the fundamental thing that's often missing in healthcare is that they don't want to participate in their own healthcare. They they want to be bystanders uh, in it, and that's the wrong approach. And that seems to be consistent for everything. We we see this all of the time. Where you know I've had conversations with people who. Um, you know, on, on a million other topics related to healthcare, where they don't do any of the right things. Uh, and, and they're constantly blaming their doctors. Oh, my doctor's uh, the problem because uh, they're not doing this and they're not doing that. And meanwhile, these are people who are, you know, eating unhealthy, not exercising, drinking too much alcohol, smoking cigarettes, 
yep. not contributing to good social relationships. All of these things, they do all of this wrong, and then they wonder why they have these other things. And they sit there thinking, well, the system is broken. The system's not figuring out my problem, not realizing that what's broken is you and, and, and your and your thinking of that healthcare should be someone else's responsibility. It's our own health. We've got to be responsible for it. So I, I do really, really thank you for being someone who takes responsibility for your health, listens to professionals, um, and, and applies it so that you can get better. And you're, and you're the ideal patient. You're what every single healthcare professional out there wants to work with. Dr. Liu, can I ask you one more question? Just get of your course. take on something. Yeah. So I would like to to know your your approach to pain, and I'll just tell you quick quickly. I had a physiotherapist here in Canada, in Toronto, that young guy, really good guy, liked him a lot. But I had tremendous pain with him, tremendous right. pain going through this. I went down to the state, a place down south. Went down to the state. I got in touch with the physiotherapist that I knew there, and I went in to see him. Told him what I was going through, and he said, "Look, Dave, I've done a few." Patients like you have had the uh, exact same injury. He said, we don't do pain here. Counterintuitive. Take it to, you know, if you do pain, you're going to fight me, and we're not going to get the kind of increase in range of motion or strength. Do you agree with that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, I, I mean, I guess I, I agree to the extent that it depends on what we're talking about, what the specific injury is. But absolutely, this goes back to, I mean, there's a lot of therapists out there that, I constantly struggle with even people, right? Like people will, low back pain is a good example of this. People are in severe low back pain and what they want is they want to go for a, a, a massage and they want someone who just reams on them, destroys them as much as they can. And they yeah. think that that brutalization of that tissue is what's going to help. Not realizing that all that's happening is from a neurological perspective, you're getting very short term relief because you're increasing your pain to such an extreme amount during that session that by the time you're done, everything else is going to feel like negligible. But that's short-lived, and, and really the approach should be uh, exercise and rehabilitation of core and all these things. So, it, it's again, it's, it's sort of this paradigm shift that needs to happen, and right now we're, we're stuck in this archaic type of thought that, you know, when you go see someone, they've got to put you in more pain in order to get you out of pain, and that's not necessarily the right approach. It may be in some instances, and in some instances, it does work well. But I think, I think the, the message, I guess, that I want to get across and to answer your question simply is that it should be tailored to the individual and what the individual needs. Right. Thanks very much. Appreciate no it. No problem. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate your time. And, you know, to your point, it's it's amazing. I know a lot of people that have gone for a quote-unquote physio, and they do it once a week for an hour, and the other six days a week, they don't really do much on their own, and I kind of equate it to just eating one meal in a week. You're not going to survive that way. And to your point, they just they don't they don't put the work in like Dave has done they on don't. their own. They don't do their homework, which why you have often said so many times that athletes are your how, how best, many people, best patients. How many people do you and I know, John, that I've heard this a million times, Oh, I get all of this acid reflux in my stomach and, you know, the doctor can't figure it out and they keep giving me these medications and it's not getting better and all they tell me. And it's like, has your doctor ever told you to change your diet? Yeah, but it's not that. And meanwhile, you know them and, and they eat like an absolute pig. And it's like, well, well, your doctor was right. You chose not to listen and they're sort of stuck giving you all this other stuff to try to mask these symptoms and then you're not getting better. And again, who gets blamed? the doctors, the healthcare professionals, not realizing, again, 
that health is something that is your own responsibility. The minute that you think it should fall to somebody else is the minute that you're fundamentally flawed and you're likely you're, you're too far away from true wellness. Because if you believe that someone else should be making you well, it's wrong. It, just period. I, I'll, I'll argue that. I'll stand on that hill to the day I die. The health is your responsibility, you the individual. You still got some time to call in, ask your questions as well. 416-870-6400. Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. It is 1148, and when it's all said and done in about 10 minutes, you can still reach out anytime to Dr. Lou and his team. It is one eight five 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 Doctor Lou D-R-L-O-U, and info at pinpointhealth.ca. The clinics are open, always growing. There's going to be one near you to uh, – to start getting some answers and getting on a positive uh, positive route to uh, being healthy once again, but you got to listen to what they say. You know, it, it's funny, Dr. Lou, that people should, uh, you know, when they come to see you or even otherwise under their own thinking, just say, okay, what can I do to make this move along and get better at a, at a more timely rate, right? Yeah, absolutely, John. And, and one of the things that's been great um, about this radio show is you, you tend to attract like-minded people, and I think people have gotten the sense of my no BS approach to this and, and having accountability for yourself. So most people that come see me are, are ready to make that serious change. They're ready to be committed and contributing to their own health at the same time, following the advice of my team of the professionals as a form of guidance, as a teacher, as a, as a sensei in a way, but you've got, it's no different than learning a martial art. Like you can't just sit there and listen to someone and expect that they could teach you. You've got to then practice it. You've got to become proficient and you've got to make the changes and you've got to think a certain way, do a certain thing. Um, and, and that's, that's been the great thing about this show is you've been able, we've, I've been able to attract people who uh, know this about me. I, I've, you know, made no real excuses about it over the years of doing it. This is my approach because I know it works. It's documented in evidence. Um, I see it over and over again at the clinical level, thousands and thousands of patients that the minute that they genuinely become committed to getting better, they get better. And better is, is a subjective, um, is a subjective thing. Better doesn't mean cured all the time. Sometimes it's just about goals. I've had people that have come in and, and their goal was simply, I want to be able to hold my grandkids. Uh, and I want to be able to pick them up and play with them. Uh, and they know that their, you know, their injury might be so severe that the limitations might be so great that it, you know, they may never be playing basketball again, as an example, but definitely they can uh, spend time with their grandkids, play with them. And these are realistic goals. And, and, and sometimes people also come in with unrealistic goals and it's the job of me and my team to sit there and say, okay, well, you know, like, let's stop and think about this, right? And, and, and the realistic expectations are important. I, I had a person uh, last week who came in with 30 years of low back pain, um, and her question was, how long will it take before I get better? And, and I said, well, you've been like this for 30 years. Like, let me turn it back to you. How, how long do you think it would take before you even get it slightly under control? And her response was, well, probably a very long time. I said, exactly. Like when you actually think of this intuitively, you sort of know the answers. And the idea, like when there's all these gimmicks that are being sold on TV, uh, social media, where it's like, buy this thing and your 30-year uh, history of low back pain is going to be cured after five minutes. I could tell you it's BS and it's never going to exist. It will never, ever exist. And, and I'll put money on that because there's too many things that have happened over a long period of time that create that change that then you need to change in an opposite direction. And it takes an equivocal, sometimes 
longer period of time to, to even make a small difference. So it's about setting realistic expectations, and that's a conversation that needs to be had. So really my message is, is consistent. It's that if you want a no BS approach to your musculoskeletal pain, you want to know the reality of where you can go from where you're at, uh, I might be the person to help you with that because I'm going to give you that approach. I'm going to talk with you. We're going to figure it out together, and we're going to make realistic goals that are based on scientific evidence, experience, and also what you, the patient, want. That's fundamentally important. Still a few minutes to go. You want to uh, make a call? you got some time. 416-870-6400 to ask Dr. Liu a question. Yeah, we haven't even touched you know this hour on the, the mental side that is positive with you know taking control of your own health and getting back into some semblance of shape or where you were before whatever said injury may be. And that's a huge part of it, too, because that snowballs with the physical, and all of a sudden you start to gain momentum and you get better, and it becomes exponential in some cases, right? Absolutely, and, and you've got to think of it this way. The, the underlying um, psychosocial aspects of pain and injury – um, you know, I could tell when someone's got those underlying things just by the first words that they say. I've had people that have come into my office and have said, I'm not even sure why, why I'm here. Nobody can help me. I mean, if you're defeated like that mentally and you're thinking that it's up to somebody else to help you, I can tell you your mental health is, is not right in terms of what you're trying to aim for. And so these things go hand in hand. And one of the things that I've been saying John is like, we've created the segregation of physical health and mental health in society. Thankfully, mental health is being talked about more and more. But again, what I'm seeing is more and more of a segregation where it's just mental health. And, you know, I can remember in the 1990s, uh, a lot of things around physical health, right? And, And the recommendations around exercise and things like that. And now We've come here and now we're talking about mental health and and I'm always perplexed knowing what I know. Why aren't we just talking about health that includes both of those things? It's well documented in scientific evidence that if you've got mild depression, one of the biggest ways you can make a difference in that is by starting to go for a walk three times a week for 30 or 40 minutes. And that's a very, very simple solution. And it shows that there's a link between the two. And so why aren't we putting these two things together? It's a consistent approach of either it's just about physical health or it's just about mental health. And it shouldn't be that way because they're so tied in because we are one, one person. We're one, we're one aspect, one, one being working, all of those systems working together to create overall health. And it shouldn't be separated. Um, and, and that is something that I hope that the listeners of this show also get when I'm speaking, that, that really the goal becomes – um, doing doing the things right because when you're doing your, the things right in terms of physical health, mental health, it's going to contribute one to the to the other. It's going to create this beautiful cycle of just getting better all around. In fact, it's the reason why so many people who start to lose weight also improve their mental health because it's a quick way to have an effect on your mind by feeling better, by looking better. These are things that are real now. You know, it may not always work in the most severe cases and, and, and some mental health issues like, you know, I don't know, schizophrenia may not be linked to, to uh, physical health. But I think in terms of the mental health issues that most of us deal with day-to-day stress, anxiety, mild depression, these are all things that can be dealt with with, with physical activity as a, as a good way to start. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting you say that too because you know we've all we've all I think everybody listening as well has has you know seen a friend that they haven't seen for say months or even years who some time ago they said you know what I gotta I gotta drop a few pounds and get into better shape and 
when you finally see them, you look at them and say, man, you look fantastic. But what you're maybe you're not attuned to at that point is, yes, they may physically look better, but they've just got a glow about them, man. Like, to your point, their yeah. whole mental attitude seems better from starting to get out there and change their physical well-being as well. Exactly. And how many times have you spoken to those people and they sound better? They're more confident. They're telling you about a new relationship that they now have, how happy they are, how much better they're doing in their jobs. It's a snowball effect, right? Like, that's why, to me, it's so important that if we don't take care of our physical bodies, it's so easy to spiral the other way mentally, whereas that's where we can actually have an effect. I mean, you, you, can't, you, you could take your body for a walk. You can do things to your body where it's easier for us to intervene there, and there's other positive effects. It's not so easy to touch your brain, right? Like, you can't just open up your skull and touch your brain in different areas, but you can make your body move, and making your body move and doing different things can have this beautiful effect on so many other aspects of life. And that's why I'm such an advocate for physical health. In fact, my, my undergraduate education is in physical health and education for this very reason, because that, that is where I genuinely, genuinely believe everyone could start. Everyone could start there. And start with a phone call, reach out, uh, have a chat with Dr. Lou and his crew, a very capable team, and they are all over the place. PinpointHealth.ca, info at PinpointHealth.ca and one eight five 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 five. Dr. Lou, D-R-L-O-U. That is how you reach out. Have at it. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll catch you next weekend. Pinpoint Health Show, Global News Radio. The preceding program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.